0: Welcome to the Bishop and Vicars. Joining me um, is the Vicar of Priests, Father Pat Kirst, the Pastor of Saint Thomas More Parish, Father Brian Me, nee, Vicar for Finance, me, me, me. the Pastor of Saint Augustine's, and the well-known and, and well-respected Father Connell, oh, the well Rector of Our Lady of Lords Cathedral for now, and the Vicar General of the Diocese. And, and, I'd,
1: and I'd like to add that I'm also a Pastor of Saint Patrick Parish. Not just because it's a wonderful parish, but it is our 125th anniversary as a oh, parish this year. Congratulations! That's right. And we, we
0: have a special mass for that, don't we?
1: On the feast of Saint Patrick, which would be March 17th. If mm-hmm. you it don't have it, falls on March 17th this year. It does fall mm-hmm. on the yes. 17th. So, wow.
0: and is that a Friday? Because uh, that would be a
1: Saturday. Saturday. Yes. Very Saturday. good.
0: And who are you? you I'm the seventh bishop of the diocese <laughs> okay. of Spokane, the Catholic diocese of Spokane. Our topic today. Is on evangelization and earlier uh in the month of july i attended along with uh father tyler smedley father Herrick, paul Herrick, mitchell palmcrest uh we had also brian kraut and um brian kraut's the director of our parish uh, uh parish support
2: here at the chancery or the diocese the special
0: mission of evangelization. The convocation of Catholic leaders in Orlando earlier this month brought together two groups of people. Its purpose was to bring together the pro-life people and those interested in social justice issues. Cardinal Doyle, wait, 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 are they two different groups? Well, in the United States, there was, uh, you would know this, uh, division. Pro-life and
3: anti-life
0: group? Or? Well, I know, with social justice, let's stay focused. And um, in any case, the purpose was on... Missionary discipleship, which is part of evangelization. The topic of this show, two episodes, is evangelization. And that's a term that I think Father Kirst had mentioned scares people sometimes because it evokes the people pounding on your door saying, praise the Lord. Is that what the listening audience sees evangelization? I hope not because the the church is calling us to something more to see in this missionary's discipleship that we're called to live the gospel, to have a relationship with Christ in the context of his church. And so, again, we're looking at ways that our people, the faithful, the listening audience here in eastern Washington and northern Idaho, can better respond to Christ's mandate to go out to all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thoughts about this. First, we're going to leave uh, Father Me. He wants to talk about the bubonic plague and how that affected evangelization. Okay, well, let's just speed it up to 2017. (laughs) Father Connell, why don't we go to you as vicar general for now?
3: Well, um, for now. For now. Is he still a general or are you demoting him? Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Ah. Henry Blake. Okay.
0: Um,
2: We all know that um, evangelization is, uh, the the goal of evangelization is to bring Jesus Christ into uh, every human situation and seeking to convert people uh conversion is not a bad word uh, to convert people to uh Jesus Christ and the truth of his church and um i think a, a wonderful example of that happened here recently in the diocese of Spokane under your uh dynamic leadership bishop uh bringing the uh <laughs> the eucharistic family rosary crusade to Spokane we we literally brought Jesus to the, the Avista Stadium where uh, you know w- where uh, baseball is normally played. Uh, that's a literal example of of bringing Jesus Christ, the truth of Jesus Christ, as you brought as you processed with the Eucharist around the stadium, uh, to every every human uh, situation and context. And um, it was a home run. It was a home run. Yes. I I must say I was a so little. That was a grand slam. <laughs> I was a, That's a breakfast at, at Denny's. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Or Molly's. I can't remember which one. <laughs> um. Uh. Th- I was a little. To be honest with you. A little worried about the attendance beforehand, but I, uh, as I pulled into the, the... You looked shocked by the whole... I don't area. know if it's sh- Well, you weren't there. How would you know what I looked like? I was like? up in the stands, grandstands. Oh, grandstands, grandstanding. Yes. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So w-
2: when I pulled off of, uh, into the uh, fairgrounds area, I, there was, you know, cars everywhere uh, in, in the parking lot, and I thought that there was another event going on, uh, like a farmer's market Tractor, or... A pole. A Mm -hmm. tractor pull, a monster (laughs) monster truck show. that's very popular in Spokane. uh, Fight night or something. But anyway, uh, it turns out no, every one of those people was there for uh, the Rosary Crusade. And I thought the turnout was excellent. And um, the event did, I think, go on a little long, frankly. and I was I texted my my family uh, who were in the stands, and I said during
3: the crusade while it, we were it, praying it was, the
2: rosary, it was a, it was a pause right the after the bishop's homily. No, it was after the bishop's homily and the pause before the next thing when they said, "Go ahead and take a break, text, and then come, we'll come back." So <laughs> Boy, you saved yourself
3: on that one. I sure did.
2: Well, I don't remember that. <laughs> I, uh, I I I texted my niece and I said um, I said uh, it's really nice. I said I'm sorry it's so long, and uh, she responded back. She uh, I talked to her actually the next day, and she said. It was wonderful. It was beautiful, and she said, uh, "She said I couldn't help but to be very proud uh, to be a Catholic that night." And so, uh, that kind of a response, and to see the 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 piety and the faith in the, in the in the in the in the eyes of the of the lay faithful as as Bishop as you walked around with the Eucharist, and um, it was it was uh, very noticeable that that event was uh, really a powerful uh, event for people and an encounter with. With Jesus Christ that will no Did, doubt
1: bear a whole lot of fruit for our diocese. You think there were any non Catholics in Avisa Stadium that night? Maybe a handful? But I think That's a good question. We we talked about evangelization and there's I this saw term. Five. We saw this term the new evangelization, which has been uh the term the blessed Paul from, the Sixth. Paul the sixth, mm-hmm. and then popes since him have been reminding us of a new evangelization, which, as I understand it, begins with evangelizing ourselves as Catholics. Absolutely so to be reinvigorated in the faith, but that it doesn't stop there, that it's, of course, to go out and and bring this message to all people in our families and our workplaces and all over. And I think this event at Avista Stadium, which I unfortunately could not attend as I was, Dutifully serving in uh, the parish, offering mass that evening, and uh, so another. You could have come after the mass. I, no, it, it, I, it, it, it was still it was still, it was still going on. Still going on. Still going on. <laughs> well, on a, on a serious but, note,
0: the the crusade that Father curse brings up a point uh, that uh, the call to missionary discipleship means first an individual is aware of their baptismal call to holiness, and the good news of Christ meant to be proclaimed uh, lived first in the individual and then spread. Uh, uh Father Kelleher and a great staff of people lay people this the convocation uh that is or the crusade that is um, and the Eucharistic procession really came from the laity and um i too was was uh very happy that so many people and and, and the spokesman review a special appreciation of the spokesman review because uh, I met with a uh, talked to a reporter uh, earlier in the day, and then their coverage of it uh, was tremendous. And I think again, that's a form of evangelization. People who may not even be Catholic or maybe once Catholic, with some of the events that have happened in the history of this diocese, to pick up the newspaper and a story about the church in the *Spokesman Review* is. Um, that is evangelizing. And uh, it was accurate it, it, and it's right. truthful. It wasn't fake news.
2: Uh, it was the real thing. And mm-hmm. it was a, a, a great and, piece. And I'm
0: very grateful for all who participated. Um, I think Dave McCann with his Arby's and, and, and everything else, uh, you know, having it at a Vista, uh, I would have probably chosen a smaller uh, venue first, but I think it was, it was a great turnout in the thousands. And um, that's one example of an evangelization. Now, Again, Father Chris talks about the individual, and and maybe um, how do we, as a diocese, I know we part of No Love and Serve. Um, you wanted to say a little bit more about that, and what our goal in our fourth year.
1: Sure, uh, it, and as uh, those who are familiar with the No Love and Serve process and the diocesan uh, pastoral plan that's formulated in the pastoral letter from former Bishop Supic, a joy made complete. There were eight priorities to be spread out over a four-year <laughs> four plan. Excuse me. And the, one of those in this final year, which we're entering into the fourth year of the, the plan, which is the final year of, of this plan, uh, because the first year was the preparation year, uh, one of the priorities is evangelization. And when Bishop Daly came to our diocese and became familiar with this plan, he did make the comment that everything in there was really about evangelization, which is true. And, and that was uh, very much on the forefront when we're in the process of uh, formulating the plan. And evangelization itself uh, is something that can be focused upon bracketing out the other priorities to some degree, but recognizing that it's all interwoven, that everything we do is about evangelization of ourselves and, and ultimately out toward others.
0: Well, that's a shift in how Catholics think, because as in the, earlier in the, in the show, we talked about how in people's minds, uh, and I'm sure some of the priests, evangelization seems heavy-handed. Um, it seems that we're <clears throat> doing things that Catholics just don't um, approach the gospel like that. And this is a shift. Again, we use the phrase missionary discipleship. It means going out with this specific focus, and disciple is a constant learner. And we are all disciples of Christ by virtue of our baptism and our call to holiness. We're going to take a break now. When we get back, we're going to ask uh, Father Mee to contribute, uh, critique in his own way and in his own mind, uh, what he sees as his own efforts to uh, strengthen evangelization in this diocese. Uh, again, this is Bishop Daly and the three vicars, and our topic for our show today is evangelization. Um, Father Connell, you were about at the commercial break to uh, offer some well, insights. Well, just
2: before we moved on to the, the insights and the wisdom of Father Me, I wanted to, to uh, piggyback or dovetail on—
0: <laughs> Piggyback. Place at the <laughs> table. <laughs> Bring it to the table. Uh,
2: what Father uh, Kirst was saying about the KLS pr- uh, goals in our diocese, and they are— they are goals for the entire diocese, and so evangelization uh, isn't just for you know pastors of a parish or priests or uh, any one bishop, however wonderful he may be. Um, it, is, it is a command that Jesus gave to the entire church, so it's a command that applies uh, to every single uh, follower of Jesus. So everyone in the pews, everyone who was at that rosary crusade, everyone has, has received that command of Jesus— to take his truth to all of the um, all of the the various uh, places and workplaces and schools and homes um, that uh, that people serve as, I guess, a, a kind of a, a leaven, which makes uh, lay people, I think, in some ways, much more powerful uh, evangel evangelizers uh, than we are as priests, because people kind of expect it from us. It's contained to, to maybe Sunday mass or something, but um, you know, when when a, when a I saw this on the news the other day. A, a, this a, a young man found a GoPro on the side of the road that someone had just dropped, and these other kids ran up and they wanted to take it. And he said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna chase down that guy and give it back." And they did, and and it was really a, a kind of a moving uh, example of of teaching those kids uh, the right thing to do in a very ordinary and human way. And I would argue that what he did was evangelizing, evangelizing without using the word Jesus. He he taught them about the virtue. Of, of honesty and truth to those three little kids. Uh, and that'll be a lesson that they um, will not uh, forget. <clears throat> those kinds of examples of bringing Jesus to ordinary events of daily life are one of the great gifts that lay people have uh, for the church. And I think in a particular way, parents and how parents choose to uh, pass on the, the Catholic faith to their their young, their young people. I think we've all heard uh, some parents who don't do that and, in fact, who say when they have their— their newborn, that they're going to let the child grow up and then choose whatever uh, religion that they would like to be, uh, that that would be their choice. They didn't want to be involved in passing on the faith. And I always uh, uh, think of the image of of a parent. What parent would would allow their child to choose whether they wanted to touch the stove uh, that was on? I mean, no one would do that uh, because the child would be harmed. Uh, And in the same way, it seems to me that a parent who does not hand on the faith, uh, is not just being neutral about this, but it act, is actually harming uh, the life of their child. Would, the
0: child. You're, you're mentioning a challenge to evangelization. Father, Me, were you going to speak on that topic, or you still want to go back to um, the black the plague? Black the black plague. Yeah. plague. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, no, but if I could, a scene, in a benign way. Uh, sure, as a scene, you, you don't know, do anything right. in a benign way. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, it seems with the new evangelization, first of all, maybe one, one thing in saying that it, it almost... Well, it's an indication that there was evangelization before, and sometimes it seems like the new evangelization, it's somehow uh, mingled with marketing as well. So we talk Mm. about the KLS, or we talk about a Rosary Crusade, and not marketing in a bad way, but uh, I like to go back to what I refer to as organic. Evangelization. I love organic, interesting. organic That's organic foods. an interesting term. Say, well, you know, I'm a very green person. You are. You uh, are. My parents you recycle. were from so. Ireland. You recycled. Uh, mm-hmm. so I gluten thought your, your, your dad was from Montana. Tree. Well, he was, but that was part of Ireland at the time. <laughs>
0: exactly. I know. Uh, <laughs> but what I mean by
3: organic yeah. evangelization is I think sometimes we try to uh, put things on, you know, events on, we put things on, uh, layer things on, as opposed to seeing or bringing out uh, evangelization, such as through things that are beautiful. You know, today, well, we have all of our parishes have websites, and of course, we don't want those to be very attractive. And just if they are, they draw people into them, and then people come to know the faith or about that parish or whatever. Uh, A deeper evangelization, I think, is to draw out the beautiful, not only on your website, but in the church, in the landscaping, in other words, if you point one towards what is truly beautiful, or if you're able to manifest the truly beautiful, that in a very subtle way, now, I, I'm, I admit I'm more subtle than... Uh, than
0: that's the, that's the news to us. I don't know about that.
3: That leads and that points towards God, and that's a form of evangelization. I think one of the things that has happened in with many churches is they've become very... Um, there's, uh, they're utilitarian. I mean, they serve a purpose. The congregation comes together. But you Look at the walls of the church. Even our own cathedral, they're just white. Ooh. You know, everything is Well, just that's why of the cathedral is being out. restored to right. its greatness. If we had a little Ex- more
2: funding for the diocese, we could do it a little yeah, faster. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're making Picker our cathedral great again. But
3: I think bringing beauty and truth into things leads to God. I think, so I think there's a deeper level of evangelization beyond the events. That I that think we, that's a great
0: have. point. I know that uh, Bishop Barron... Yeah. He before, okay before you Bishop did, Derek. so you evidently you read some of his books. But, but uh, I think, nah, Father me, so. you, you uh, as a man who studied in Europe, as the oldest uh, member of the group here, and someone who's had a vast Real. experience and a doctorate, uh, you're exactly right. I mean, how...
3: Thank you, Bishop. <laughs> now we can take a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's too soon because our friends at Buick aren't ready to hear from uh, us. Uh, could speak a little bit more about that? Because I think, you know, sometimes people... Uh, especially younger people, sp- look to these very uh, beige, blazer churches. They, they, they think of liturgy that sounds, uh, you know, some of the music, which I, you perhaps wrote, uh, comes across as very uh, sing-songy uh, morning television show. How, how is one example of the beauty of the church, uh, let's say the liturgy, how do you see that as a way to deepen this call to evangelization?
3: Well, I think since we all have the Spirit of God within us, I mean, any beauty that is shown or expressed, it echoes that and it calls that forth. I mean, we all have a hunger and a desire for the beautiful, that is, for God. And if we can bring expression to that, just as the Word became incarnate, well, then we are to be making visible. We are to be making uh, heard you know, that beauty uh, of God in the world. So, you know, I think to be a little more serious about the cathedral uh, and our Lady of Bluards, I think some of the things that Father Connor are doing there, or many of the things, all the things perhaps, as far as uh, the renovation of the cathedral is trying to bring beauty back into it because if you just go into an empty building or a building that is without art and beauty, uh it doesn't speak to the soul as well as when you walk into a church, that you know you're entering into a sacred place, and it's sacred, or it calls you to the sacred by the beauty that you find there.
1: I, but go ahead.
2: I want to uh, echo that in terms of uh, that that concept of beauty because. Not only does beauty apply to you know the architecture and and uh, art of the church and the patrimony of the church, but really the beauty beauty is also found in in the truth of the teachings of Jesus Christ and His Church. And I think we could do a better job of helping our laypeople, for example, give them the tools that they need to, uh, in terms of the truth uh, that can help them with all the, for example, all of the kind of the hot button moral issues today. Uh, most people. Many people know someone who uh, is impacted by or or taken in with one of the the various hot button moral issues uh, today pro life issues sexual issues moral issues all of which uh, many of which anyway are contrary to the teaching of, of Jesus and his church are not in harmony with with the church's tradition and yet uh, sometimes our lay people uh, don't have the tools uh, to respond to those. Uh, people in situations, and we need to tell them about that. That it is the truth in those situations that refu- that that uh, is beautiful and uh, leads to wholeness. But
3: see, I think one of the things is the first step is just revealing the beautiful, uh, and I mean by that no matter whether you're pro-life or you're you know uh, abortion for abortion or whatever the case is. You know, and it's certainly there's. Moral issues there, but all human beings, no matter what their stance is, I think, are drawn to that which is beautiful. And when they are, and when they're in that environment and place, then their the ears and the, of their heart uh, are open. To truly hear, okay. I'm not the
2: disagreeing truth. with you. No, I yeah, know, no. No. I know,
3: I know that. I'm simply saying that I think that's a, a, an important part, uh, foundational for evangelization.
0: We're going to take a break, and when we get back, we I'd like Father me to uh, address that a little bit more because one of the things that came up in the uh, convocation in Orlando was this increasingly large group of people, often referred to as the nuns, those with no religious affiliation, which seems to be growing rapidly, and depending upon what part of America you're from, uh, it may be more of a challenge. And we're going to take a break now. Welcome back. It's our opportunity as the Bishop and the vicars to discuss a a very important topic uh, in the church in the United States and actually the church throughout the world it's on evangelization. And when we last left off, uh, I spoke about one of the challenges we face in, uh, the United States, especially in the Northwest, the growth of what's called the nuns. That is those who don't have any affiliation with faith and it's growing, uh, not so much perhaps in, in, uh, Spokane and Eastern Washington, which is very much a family and a more traditional part of the Northwest. But, um, from your experiences as, as pastors of parishes, now two of you have moved to to a different different parishes. But from your just your experience, any comments on what makes uh, this particular time in the church with this call to missionary discipleship to evangelization? What have you found to be the um, challenge uh, to this
1: work? Well, certainly, what's very challenging is there's so much competition now for people's attention uh, beyond the church. I understand. Decades before I was born uh, in this country that really the church was the center of people's social life. Uh, it was a priority in, in Catholic families' lives, and uh, kids got indoctrinated into that, and they became right to the bone in terms of the practice of their Catholic faith. But perhaps in those simpler days, there w- weren't all of the other things competing for people's attention. Now, of course, we're all very well aware of a lot competing for that. And the result of that in many families' lives is that in the, the children, the grandchildren generations, that those other things uh, have become more attractive, and the the church, God, faith are falling down the list on the priority list, and and that's painful for grandparents. That's painful for parents, and we've all heard that uh, one of the most difficult, heart wrenching things parents experience is my my kids don't go to church anymore. You know, what do I do? What do I do? So that's. Uh, an opportunity for evangelization within a family and 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 again we never just stop there we never stop in the church but it's always outward looking go and make disciples so Follow
3: I got, uh, last night I got a phone call from um Adeodatus who's um a faithful son of Saint Augustine's parish and he's over studying um uh, paleo Christian art in Tunisia what right now What is his name? <laughs> Adeodatus. <laughs> you made that up. Made that up. Mm-hmm. And uh his, which, his, which, which means uh, is actually the Latin
0: for the word le sabre, which was a model of the Buick's. It was <laughs> one of the
3: top yeah. Very popular
0: with the right. priests, but
3: go on. But we were talking about this subject and, uh, you know, uh, and evangelization. And one of the things I think that's happened to us is that we so connect uh, our worship with Sunday that we haven't evangelized as earlier generations had the other days of the week. Uh, and I think that we can only come and really come with open heart to the Sunday liturgy, to the Sunday Mass and celebration, if there's been some sort of preparation on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I think one of the things of evangelization, and Deodat has brought this out from you know, his studies in Tunisia, uh, the importance of somehow us finding ways to uh, Christianize again those days of the week so that in the family there's some devotional some simple thing whatever it would be you know we used to have that on Fridays when there was fasting Why that was common something we all did together we have to find things we have to evangelize the weekdays so that the Sunday evangelization becomes um, which leads to one of
0: our earlier episodes that father me wanted he wanted to have Stricken from all uh, diocesan records and our school system, the word vacation, and go back to using
3: holiday, holiday. holiday.
0: holy day. You what? wanted that as a way just to that was
3: a to beautiful, it. yeah. I ex- that was
0: very insightful. I, it uh, was. I didn't agree with you, but uh, and it. Well, as that's why bishop, you've been on not vacation going to do it since then. It
3: as a successor of the apostles, but um, <laughs> in any case, um, which uh, apostle are you a successor of? Uh,
0: probably Thomas. Yeah. Oh, who was wow. martyred in Ninja. The uh, doubting one? Uh, yeah. The one who lacked faith? Mm-hmm. But I also yeah. have had a, Are a, you still a at that stage? Well, no, no, not how, at all. very much like that? Thomas More. I'm no, the king's no, good no, servant no, no. and God's first. That but that's pivot. another episode. That was a nice pivot. Yeah. Wow. And Vincent de Paul. Great man. Who but that's he? another episode. Uh, in, the, in the convocation, the themes were unity, renewal, witness, and mission. And we will have another episode to go over that, but... Let's just talk about, you know, one of the things that Father Meeb spoke about is how, as a church, there was a greater unity and identity. And, and Father Chris was talking about the grandparents and even parents who made many sacrifices to model the faith. And all of a sudden, within one generation, the, the culture has engulfed. It, and suddenly, um, the identity of what it means to be a practicing Catholic uh, is come up to question. There's not a unity in that. When we have elected officials, and I remember one particular elected official from a state I won't speak about, who was, made a statement that she felt that um, the church wasn't clear when life began. And I remember my good friend Tom Brokaw uh, does her challenging her. with her name uh, Yeah, th- this is a family episode. Um, he <laughs> said, I th- I'm not a Catholic, but I think that the church is pretty clear that life begins at conception. Here we had someone Speaking about what it means to be a Catholic, there wasn't a unity. With just a brief time before we finish this portion of our show, any statements about unity, um, uh, unity as a way to bring about evangelization—not necessarily uniformity, but unity. Want to ponder that?
3: You want to? You better save it for the next show because uh, I think we're out of of... time.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, stay uh, tuned when with us as we go into part two of this important topic evangelization in the church in the United States.